Okay, you finish first Kings and I'll I'll next time do a second. How's that? That's wonderful, babe. <laughs> hey, welcome. We're having a lot of fun here. Welcome to today's podcast. And as telling we're just talking about who's gonna go first. And we don't know who's <laughs> on first. <laughs> And yes, it says Lord. something about a king, so I guess I'll go first, little king. <laughs> God, Lord, thank you for coming in today's podcast. Welcome, welcome. We welcome you to these wonderful words of life. These words are carriers, instructors, and teachers, and are, are amusement. After I read these, I'm thinking and pondering about them in my imagination all through the day and the next day. I like it when the light is on. Big old giant fluorescent lights in my head when I read these words of God. I think that's the way God it's told us to do it. <clears throat> this book of the law shall not depart out of your light. You should keep the light on day and night, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. We will see clearly. Yes. Keep the light on. Here we go. Lord, bless the light that we're going to share with the audience today. Bless us today, this morning. Thank you for your glory and your <clears throat> your mercies are new every morning, Lord. We receive those mercies, the abundance of the abundance of provisions. Everything. The abundance of everything. Everything. Amen. Not Thank just you. one thing. All right. All now. the abundance of all yeah. things, Lord. Your love, your encouragement, <laughs> your approval, your forgiveness, mercy, your strength, your master, your Lord of all. Amen. <clears throat> Our Lord. warrior. Commander-in-Chief, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, reading of 1 Kings chapter 9 to 10.29. As Solomon finished building the temple of the Lord, as well as the royal palace, he completed everything he had planned to do. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, as he had done before at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayers and your petitions. I have set this temple apart to be holy. This place you have built where my name will be honored forever. I will watch always over it, for it is dear to my heart. As for you, if you will follow me with integrity and godliness, as David your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over Israel forever, for I made this promise to your father, David. One of your descendants will always sit on the throne of Israel. But if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the commands and decrees I have given you, and if you serve and worship other God, then I will uproot Israel from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make Israel an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. And though this temple is impressive now, all who will pass by will be appalled and will shake their heads in amazement. <clears throat> they will ask, why did the Lord do such terrible things to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be, because his people abandoned the Lord their God who brought their ancestor out of Egypt and they worship other gods instead and bowed down to them. That is why the Lord has brought all these disasters on them. 
It took Solomon 20 years to build the Lord's temple and his own royal palace. At the end of that time, he gave 20 towns in the land of Gilead to King Hiram of Tyre. Hiram had previously provided all the cedars in Cyprus, timber and gold that Solomon had requested. Wow. But when Hiram came from Tyre to see the towns Solomon had given him, he was not at all pleased with them. <laughs> what kind of towns are these, my brother? He asked. So Hiram called that area Kabu, which means worthless, as it is still known today. Nevertheless, <clears throat> Hiram paid Solomon 9,000 pounds of gold. Wow. This is the account of the forced labor that King Solomon conscripted to build the Lord's temple, the royal palace, the supporting terraces, the wall of Jerusalem, and the city of Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had attacked and captured Gezer, killing the Canaanite population and burning it down. He gave the city to his daughter as a wedding gift when she married Solomon. So Solomon rebuilt the city of Gezer, he also <clears throat> built up the towns of Lower Bet-Huron, Balat, and Tamar. In the wilderness within his land, he built towns as supply centers and constructed towns where his chariots and horses could be stationed. He built everything he desired in Jerusalem and Lebanon and throughout his entire realm. There were still some people living in the land who were not Israelites, including Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hibites, and Jebusites. These were descendants of the nations whom the people of Israel had not completely destroyed. So Solomon conscripted them for his labor force, and they served in the labor force to this day. But Solomon did not conscript any of the Israelites to forced labor. Instead, he assigned them to serve as fighting men, government officials, officers, and captains of his army, commanders of his chariots and charioteers. Solomon appointed 550 of them to supervise the people working on his various projects. Solomon moved his wife, Pharaoh's daughter, from the city of David to the new palace he had built for her. Then he constructed the supporting terraces. Three times each year, Solomon presented burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar he had built for the Lord. He also burned incense to the Lord, and so he finished the work of building the temple. King Solomon has also built a fleet of ships, Ezion Geber, a port near Elah, in the land of Edom, along the shores of the Red Sea. Hiram sent experienced crews of sailors to sail the ships with Solomon's men. And they sailed to Ophir and brought back to Solomon some 16 tons of gold. Chapter 10. <clears throat> Would you like to read the next one, please? Yes. Um, <clears throat> when the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Wow. 
Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the place, the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials, and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers, and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed, exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what, what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day, listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Wow. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices and precious jewels. Never again were so many spices brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. In addition, Hiram's ships brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought rich cargoes of red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make railings for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before or since has there been such a supply of sandalwood. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba whatever she asked for besides all the customary gifts he had so generously given. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land. Each, ooh, this is Fernando's scripture. You should be reading this. Pick it up, Fernando. <laughs> Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did, did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and tra traders. All the kings of Arab Arabia and the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing nearly 4 pounds. The king placed these shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge throne decorated with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and a rounded back. There were armrests on both sides of the seat, and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also twelve other lions, one standing on each end of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as were all the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. Well, the king had a fleet of trading ships that sailed with Hiram's fleet once every three years. The ship returned loaded with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. 
So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on the earth. People from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon built a huge force of chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He stationed some, some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grew in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Cilicia. The king's traders acquired them from Cilicia at the standard price. At the time, chariots from Egypt could be purchased for 600 pieces of silver and horses for 150 pieces of silver. They were then exported to the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. Beautiful, beautiful words of life. What an amazing construction, huh? Mm -hmm. Amazing accomplish. I like what it says that King Solomon built everything he desired, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> whatever his imagination could cons conscript with, you know, he would put it to force. Amen. Right. Holy Spirit, thank you for uh, the readings. Lord, uh, help us to focus on what you want us to focus on. Help, first of all, help us to see you, Holy Spirit. Help us to see Jesus, Lord, in this, in this construction. And Lord, let us not just let me speak out of my own memory, but out of you, Holy Spirit. We pray for your guidance. I ask you for your guidance on what I just read. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I'm not getting much right now. I just the only thing that came to me was the organization yes. skills of the uh, of the waiters and so forth. Kind of like we need, stress comes from disorganization. Yes. You know what we see with our naked eye. In, yes. Uh, in whatever we're, we're our living space has to be organized. That's the way God has made us. Yeah, that's what I believe God is speaking. I picked up on that too. The order that they had. For the things they had things stored in a certain place because there's so massive amounts of things he had to do that he had yeah. to compartmentalize so he could find stuff how could you find all these things he had 45 <laughs> rooms remember mm -hmm. i think 45 on the left 45 on the right or something like that yeah. on that on the temple of the lord but where are you going to put all the gold yeah <laughs> you got to have a storehouse right um, yeah, man, it's just boggles the imagination. 25 tons of gold yearly and, and did not include revenue from... That's right, huh? Where, where did he store the shields? Yeah. At the palace of the forest. Of the yes, yes. You know, we certainly have to do more study on on, on, on somebody's uh, writings on the whole thing, right? The whole palaces, everything Solomon built. If you take our imagination there, I certainly want to see it. Yeah, you know, I just, as the Queen of Sheba came to visit, and she brought gifts and things like that, 
and she had questions and and Solomon had answers right for me I just took away that that's a reflection of our Jesus we may have questions and he has all the answers Amen. for whatever problem you're going through you can trust that you're going to hear back from him if you seek him and find him so I, I like that um, I definitely like that um, I, I, that she came and she was overwhelmed with everything she saw now picture us children of God and Jesus said that I've given you uh, it's according to his riches and his his gifts and glory are far beyond we could ever imagine right because we can't we can't see everything all the time but um, we're we are where am I going with this Anna where are you going I'm just saying that God overwhelms us as well because of the supply he has available to us and is always so generous with it regardless of which way it comes to you um, we can we can trust that his supply is overwhelming you know you may not see it in the natural but trust that in the supernatural realm it's available to you so it's it's believing that okay I mean for me for you it, you'd be overwhelmed if you went into a room full of coffee and you saw so many different kinds you would love that because you love coffee but um, I just think that we, we you know our minds are kind of need to be expanded to see and imagine that your God has uh, solutions for problems uh, healing for you uh, in different ways forms um, to flow from heaven I, I just this is a great a great passage for me anyway because um, it, it's overwhelming it's overwhelming with what God has nor no man has seen or heard or you know what God has in store for us amen amen so the, this blueprint is our life too I am asking I am asking I am looking for 25 tons of gold to to build my more wildest dreams and aspirations yesterday I was speaking before a crowd and I said my desire is to buy a school where we can start all these 12 step programs and mm, teachings, you know, yes. and reward little children as they come in and teach them spiritual principles, you know, that if you're, if you seal, well, you know, people do it, but this, these books like Elatine, it is so valuable because all you're doing is planting seeds. If you pay your child to go and sit there and listen, even though he's mocking and he's not think, but you're paying him, he's listening. When life hits him, guess what's going to come out of his, yes. the, his memory? Yes. Thank God for the problems. Yes. You know, people say, well, that's the ridiculous thing they, can, they ever heard of. But when they get a fender bender or something, they don't have anything else to grasp on. You know what they say? Thank God I'm a misfit. You know, and they come and report it. And they're at peace, and it doesn't rock their boat. I'm telling you, folks, we're planning seeds of words words of seeds we're no different than farmers a couple of things the holy spirit right away told me that the, the anointing and a touch on them of the wisdom of, of solomon kept growing like the ocean when i was taking my real estate license for the first time a runaway 
came from another country, had to learn the language, didn't learn it all. I didn't even know the sequence of the months. So no, I didn't know my timetables, and I'm taking a real estate license. And I'm trying to understand all these words of fiduciary, uh, subordination, and I'm going over, and I'm tired, and it's two weeks left, and I have to take that test, and I'm standing up trying to put words in my mind, and I'm just shoving those words, standing in the kitchen, reading over and over like an Israelite hitting the wall of uh, Jerusalem with his head. And that night, I have a dream. I have a dream that, that I'm pulling on a hose that's giving me a little bit of water, about a half an inch hose. And I said, where is this water coming from? And it was a little, it was a little bit of wisdom. I was puncturing wisdom, and, and the water was so good, so tasty. So I started following the hose, and it went through a jungle, a real tropical jungle. And I'm pulling on this hose, and I'm walking to the hose, and then I go into a beautiful beach, and there the hose is going into the ocean, and the Holy Spirit tells me, that is God's wisdom. It's God's <laughs> wisdom. A whole ocean. And I had a half an inch thing going in. <laughs> and I pray that uh, it made me realize right now, as I'm saying, mm. that I'm praying for, you know, a two and a half foot hose now. <laughs> we got a big old pipeline coming in. Yeah, it, may God's blessing come and continue to grow because we are getting gifts of gold. We are getting gifts. People are bringing us the finest tuna you can find in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> A Mercedes-Benz brought it to me. You're right? The <laughs> yeah. finest tuna, fin tuna. Right. Very expensive yeah. for me to eat. Other people, I just got a call yesterday that said, hey, man, I have a lot of things for you. Uh, you know, people are bringing things left yeah. and right. Yes. The blessing is just keeps on coming. You know, we're not in, the, in a, you know, very, for us, our big blessings. You know, when I receive a, a free lawnmower or, you know. Free or a free pickup truck, or a, and so we need the wisdom and how to what to keep and what to, to give away. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, one of the things we're going to go back to the what we read before about Solomon and what he prayed when God, you know, asked him what he wanted, and he came out and he said, "I want wisdom so I can guide your people and lead your people." That was the start of all this. You know that that he would the the wisdom would just kept being poured out over him. And he was able to, um, you know, create, freely create these things of order, right? He's a good example of order and, and massive quantities and just the wisdom of God. You could tell he's, this is amazing, the wisdom of God is, is, is the start of all things for problems and situations and, and for solutions. Solutions come forth with God's wisdom. There's just, we can't match that. We, we have to tap into it for, for, our, for down here on the earth with everything going on. We've got to tap into God's wisdom for guidance. And, and, you know, that will bring us prosperity in our peace, prosperity in our home, uh, favor with man. <laughs> and um, just keep on calling out for, crying out for wisdom. Um, you know, and the littlest things even, God will, will pour it out to you. One of the things I want to point out, Fernando, is that um, they do say never in the Bible here. <laughs> I don't know if you caught on to that. <laughs> but, you know, as, as you're reading through here, what, one of the things we have, or Fernando always corrects us, um, not to say the word never. Because, you know, if you say never, then it, 
it won't happen. You know, I, I've never been to Disneyland. Well, if I keep saying that, then I'm not going to get to Disneyland. So I understand that. It makes sense to me. But then over here in, in the Word, it says, uh, I underlined it because it said, Never again were so many spices brought in as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Okay? So you have to know that it was just lots of spices, right? He'll never need another spice again. But uh, And then over here it says about the sandalwood. Sandalwood's the most quality wood. Imagine the massive amounts of sandalwood that came his way. So we have to go, wow, never before or since. Okay? Only God can do these things. He can supply all, all that we need. But um, quality things in abundance. Massive. Ooh, I want that. I want that. Anyway. Hey, man. Um, I'm Fernando. Real quick, like, uh, I apologize for taking a, a while and going back and forth. But I want to read with the, the, the Bible, the 365 Bible, New Living Translation says, God still has a people who are his own, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. God owns people now. God's own people make up God's temple who are alive, holy, living holy lives, totally committed of doing good deeds. Titus 2, 14. Their assured hope is to live with the Lord forever, 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 17. They have God's promises that He will never forsake them, but will always be faithful to His promises to them. 2 Timothy 2.13. That's a beautiful promise. We have God's promises, folks, that the Lord will never forsake us, but we will always, but will always the Lord be faithful to His promises to them. That's why we have to read His promises. And I thank you for your promises and raise them up. Lord, thank you for your promises. They're right here on this document. Lord, Amen. raise them up to the Lord, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Yeah. We yeah. make those promises come true by staring at them and, and meditating them and then causing the peace to come over you. When we're frustrated, and I have two minutes on my plate, i got to go speak here or go there. I'll just go ahead and put on the uh, uh, tappy keys on YouTube, and it has scripture. And I asked Anna, I said, why do they keep the scripture there for four, five minutes, six minutes? So you can so you can ponder on it, meditate it, and then it has, it does its miracle yes. working synthesis yes. that it, it peace yes. comes into you. And uh, I get rejuvenated. Yeah. yeah. You know? you're, put your, what we're putting our eyes on is what we're... Now, going back, <clears throat> concerning putting our eyes on them, just like Isaiah 45, 22, huh, it says... Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the world. For they will look at him who was pierced from his hands. You know, and that's where our healing comes from. If we look at him, he was pierced. Amen. And James, James, James says that we can ask God for wisdom and yes. he will give it to us. God gives us his spirit to lead us. John 14, 16, and 17. In prayer, we should surrender ourselves to his guidance in the situations that we face. We should always read the Bible regularly for the insight and understanding that he gives. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Solomon accomplishes results from his God-given wisdom, which brought honor to yes. the name wow. of the Lord. Yes. That is our emphasis. Just that was the idea for them mm -hmm. to be 
to be so rich and so they, they cover every area that everybody was in all all the nations were in mm, all yes. of the God that yes. that, that he uh, broke bread with yes. just like Solomon we need the wisdom in order to live worthwhile lives when we have wisdom our lives can bring honor to God's name is there a better person or purpose to, to spend our lives for amen one of the things that we can do is do communion and ask God for his wisdom. We forget the beauty. We look at him. He was pierced for us. Yes. And we get medicine for our souls, for our bodies. And then continually ask God's wisdom every day with, you know, as a goal. Yeah. Lord, well, we need your part wisdom. Of our inheritance. We can tap into We ask you for your, your wisdom, your righteousness, mm -hmm. your sanctification, and redemption mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Anna, uh, you would you read the uh, the second part if you don't have anything else, and then I'll read the Psalms and Proverbs. Thank okay. You. Yes, of course. Acts. We're in the exciting book of Acts. <laughs> um, Acts chapter eight, fourteen to forty. It said, "When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit." Uh, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. When Simon saw the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, May your money be destroyed, for you thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, that these terrible things that you said won't happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem. Good morning. And they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. As for Philip... An angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along besides the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. 
He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me what the prophet was talking about himself or someone else. So beginning with this, the, the same, this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus, not Azusa. <laughs> he, he preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Amen. Whoa. This is awesome reading. Acts is so small when, we're, when I'm reading it, but there's so much to, so much excitement in it, you know, about, <laughs> let's see what stands out the most. Let me go ahead and read yeah. while you go oh. ahead and take a time to. Okay, thank you. Regroup. Uh, today's study in Acts 18, 1-5, the <clears throat> New Living Translation says, it was Jewish custom to provide sons with a manual trade, including young men who intended to become rabbis or other professionals. Jewish young men each learned a trade and tried to earn his living with it. Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila had been trained in tent making, cutting and sewing the woven cloth of goat's hair into tents. Boy, that must have been stinky. <laughs> as, as a tent maker, Paul was able to go wherever God led him, carry his livelihood with him. This left him free to spread the good news of the Sabbath. Later, when Silas and Timothy arrived, they supported Paul so that he was free to spend all his time preaching the word. Be ready to serve Christ no matter what your employment situation might be. Be prepared to work and minister where you are. That may mean working to support yourself and your family and working to spread the good news in uh, off hours. If you can support another believer who is gifted and skilled for ministry, rejoice in that opportunity. And if God calls you to full-time service, humbly accept support from other believers. Oh, I don't know where you're at. Oh, what did I read? You read the 27th. We're on the 13th. Oh, for the 12th, yeah. Oh, I jumped the gun. I went up yeah, five days. Yeah, huh? yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, um, anyway, the point, the point I'm making yeah, is... Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> the, point the point is that the, we really don't know much about Paul. This is a speculation that he was a tent maker. Well, he was a tent maker, but get this. We always thought that he was groomed in college for Pharisee work because he was so instructed on the Galileo, and, and he was so... Uh, culture and being a pharisee remember what it says but over here it says that he was he knew manual trade manual hard work like that makes you a very wise person 
I mean, it just continues to add. Not only is the work satisfying to the soul and meditation with God when you're alone working with your hands, but it, it also is a relaxation. You know, if I'm in the ministry, I said, hey, I'll see you guys. I'm going to take a few days and work on my yard. And it's just going to be me and God and work. You know, that is such a beautiful, um, <clears throat> rejuvenating, healthy atmosphere to work, folks. God made us. I didn't read that on purpose. You know, <clears throat> God made us to take care of his garden, guys, for one, basics. Two, he made us to uh, enjoy projects, you know, our drill or product, and to have fun with them. Maybe I'm talking to myself. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, thank you, Fernando. <laughs> Save me, Anna. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, you know, we start at the beginning where um, Peter and John prayed for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit by laying hands on them. Mm-hmm. And um, because they had people that had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's quite amazing how they started to, to, to lay hands on believers to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And then this man wanted anyone to pay for it. And they said, no, 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 no. You know, these are, you cannot buy God's gifts. Um, and you need to repent. So they corrected him right away. And um, so that's important to know that no matter what, it, you know, the gifts of God are already deposited inside of us. The Holy Spirit, if you if you believe in Jesus Christ, um, you know, you, you have the Holy Spirit because he sent the Holy Spirit. He died on the cross and sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to guide us and to, and to all truth. So um, we already have it. We just have to, you know, tap into it and to read God's word and stay, you know, stay on his path. Um, one of the great stories in this is when Philip gets directed by the Holy Spirit where to go. And um, it's amazing that, you know, the Holy Spirit highlighted the eunuch. And the eunuch was hungry. He was hungry. He, he was reading. He was reading in Isaiah. And then so Philip, that prompt, prompted Philip to say, do you know what you're reading? Well, how can I, how can I know unless you, I get instructed, is what he says. And um, he was reading Isaiah, and then, and then the, the eunuch said, hey, well, why can't I be baptized? You know, and so they, they just went with the flow, and they got, he got baptized, and then Philip was gone. He was never there to be seen again. So I guess what I'm pointing at is that, you know, the Holy Spirit put this person in his path. And that meant that he talked about the good news. The person was hungry already. So we got to kind of be ready for that too. You know, and it doesn't mean you have to, I don't know. When you, God, you'll know. Like you had a lady that showed up yesterday. She, God put her in your path yesterday, you know, to talk about AA or whatever. No, she came to pick up, um, I picked up a wooden dollhouse out in the street that the they were going to throw in the trash so I picked it up and I cleaned it up and I put it up for free I had a lot of people from all over Los Angeles wanting it and this one lady would text once in a while and so forth so the cards fell that she got it she was from a neighboring town I thought it was a, a man that she came and uh, 
and I helped her put her in her car, and I gave her a book about prison to praise, which says to thank God for the problems. And she uh, she confessed to me, and real quick, like she started saying, I cried over here all the way. I'm taking care of my mom. It's such a burden, and she's getting dementia. And she's talking so you know words to me, telling me what a failure I was and losing my house and drinking and so forth. I have problems with alcohol. And it just, I just so happens to tell her, look, you're a child of God and you're forgiven. I want you to start thanking God for the alcohol, and that will help you. The problem is you're not acknowledging God even in your failures. Once you start acknowledging God in, your, in the midst of your failures, your failures will talk to you and say, hey, you can't thank God for me. You're supposed to get all discouraged and try to and, and cuss at me. See, that's what the enemy is trying to do. Anyway, she, she was a little happier, and I said, told her, in a nutshell, after we talked for a while, and I, and I took the pain away from her, sit down, let's go ahead and have a little bit of discussion. And she started crying some more. And I always thought that these people that come, a lot of them have built up, I go, let it go on a stranger, let, let it go. And she started crying some more and stuff, and then I, after a while, I told her, I want you to say, I thank God I'm a misfit. She looked at me. I had given her a story about other guys that had done that, and she said, I thank God I'm a misfit. I can't hear you. Took a deep breath, I thank God I'm a misfit. And then she finally said, one more time, I thank God I'm a misfit, she said. And then I said, welcome to the human race. Don't beat yourself up. You know, Amen. you're a child of God, you're forgiven. Amen. Now get up and let's get out there again. Hallelujah. You know, gave her a book, and then Anna, I asked Anna, where's that rubber band? Because I told her to put a rubber band on her wrist and snap it every time she forgets to praise God for a problem. Yes. Or her habit gets the best of her, like mm. drinking or, mm -hmm. or mean or being or snapping at her mom. I said, I want you to snap. After you snap at your mom, I want you to snap the rubber band on your wrist and say, I thank God I'm a misfit. Okay. You're gonna be you're gonna have forgiveness and you're gonna revert to 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 God's help. And do it till you snap the the rubber band and it was a strong rubber band. <laughs> it was one of those uh, wrist things. A baseball wrist that yeah. said something about home, home run. Home run. So hopefully she's reading the words home run God's gonna hit a home run, right? So anyway, um, that's wonderful that we gotta be ready to sh you know, I mean you, you got to put these people in your path, and, and it's just we got to be ready to, to just say, say, hey, there's some good news here. Jesus is our is here. He's come to forgive us. You know, some people don't have the faith built up inside to believe that they're a forgiven people. And, um, and that all is, you know, and that Jesus is the answer to our issues, our problems, if we go there and, and work with him. Um, so I love that, that that's, you know that's what uh, that's what we're meant to do on this earth to encourage one another. You know it could just be a smile as you're walking down the streets, or it could be somebody who who uh, who just needs to hear to to to, to know it's going to be okay. Amen, amen. Um, I just wanted to read right here. Jesus had a promise and a warning to those seeking God's gifts. To those who use well what they are mm, given, yes. on Matthew 25, 29, uh -huh. 
even more will be given. See, like Solomon, he kept uh -huh, increasing yes. in wisdom and yes, wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. And they will have an abundance. Yes. But from those who do nothing, you sit on the couch, watch TV, watch uh, sport after sport. Uh-oh. Even, <laughs> even, have you seen anybody with that had very good talents and all of a sudden they, they hit a bump in the road and then they parked on the couch and they say, the whole world stinks like liverwurst, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Give up, I mean, just put it in a kettle yeah, and say, I'm dying. Yeah, pop open the beer and stay there. And the, the gifts that God has given, which is the common sense, you know. Like, for instance, I have a bucket and and some, and a scoop and a, a broom out in the right now. And it's there to remind me, I took a walk this morning. And one of the neighbors that always throws out good refrigerators, good things, and so forth, uh, one of the iron pickers made a big mess in front of his yard. He's got glass broken all over the place. It was a that that 1960 stove that was uh, oh yeah that was a classic. Yeah. Somebody would have really fixed it up. And anyway, he took all the iron and busted all the thing. It's a mess out there. So oh. I'm gonna volunteer and go three four block houses and go clean his glass for him. I thought about it as walking there, and yeah, I can do it. I got the equipment. The guy's been so kind to everybody, yeah. the young couple that moved in Yes, there. the yellow house, they, And they're right? giving that away. They don't deserve to be like right. that. The guy should have had, and I know him. He's been here over here. He, he needs salvation. I gave oh, him a book wow. before. Oh, wow, beautiful. You know, and he runs on the truck back and forth, so... Uh, I'll start praying. Put him on my list. Yes. Instead of my, my resentment list, I'll, I'll <laughs> put him on my your... salvation list. Yes, you know? amen, amen. And I'll tell him, hey, I cleaned up the glass for you that you busted over there. I just want to tell you I wanted to do it for you because you do a good work in the neighborhood. You're picking up all the iron we don't need, and you thank you for your work. I'm not going to pound on him. Yeah. I'm a, and I got some iron for you here, some scrap iron. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, go on to uh, – and, I, you know, one, one thing there is um, – it says to those who use well what they're given, right? It's apparently mm -hmm. that Solomon was using his wisdom well, you know. And it just, you know, not all of us may be called uh, be in Solomon's shoes to be called to manage such a huge abundance. But, you know, with what God has given us, we'll just do good in that. You know, um, if, it, if it means um, just helping somebody in AA, do good in that. You know, and God will give you more, right? So, um, whatever we have, the gifts we have, do good. Everybody has gifts. Don't tell me you don't have a gift. You have a gift, whether it's administrative teaching, encouraging, uh, praying for somebody, praying for others, and just um, being a good police officer. You know, and um, positive attitude is a gift. Yes, you know, yes, giving the yes. benefit of the doubt is a gift. Yes, that, that was your upbringing. You know, when you were twelve years old, and all the your your work schedule, how how they you started doing cards. What is the payroll cards? Yeah, uh, what age? Uh, maybe maybe twelve. Twelve. <clears throat> the dad is working as a foreman. Foreman picking fruit. Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. And uh, and they gave her four hours. She'd go out there, get their names and every social yeah. security and do their, their cards for them right. and submit them. Time cards. Here's and, who worked what. And, she's, and now from there was positive attitude. And then from there, I'm sure you had to. Now, you were four times. Get this, folks. Four times <laughs> what in high school? 
Class president. Class president four <laughs> times. Now I'm sure she had a lot of a lot of haters, a lot of words that came at her, a lot of things. Why do you think? Who gave you authority to act so happy, so positive? Uh, who do you think you are? Um, they probably had a lot of sneers, a lot of bad looks, a lot of gossip against her and stuff. But because of the love and, and the positive attitude, she built on it. She built on yeah. it. Built on it. And you guys won, right? Right. You won your, what did you the do? float competition four a years in a row. competition four years. For homecoming. You, they would network with other people like her. And they said, what can we do? Well, let's yeah. do float this way. <laughs> They did no, wonderful no one's things. Ever done they that got before. parents yeah. involved, yeah. and and it was just and then fundraisers. Yeah. Just a wonderful time yeah. in this young lady's life that she went. They went to football games. Yes. You know, I never had that. I was trying to steal that hubcap from the bus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, not, not to not to one more accomplishment. It was um, our class was the richest class that had money in the bank. Most classes didn't have the money in the bank. So we, you know, we were able to give people, you know, tickets for their senior ball at a less cost. Wow. So, um, you know, you pulled that out of me. I've forgotten about all that and how I got to that point. But the point being is that when God gives you a little bit and you just do good with that, maybe it's you're making coffee for people at the park that are hurting and you bring the coffee day in and day out. You're just, uh, you know, committed to, to getting that coffee there and that and you're doing it with love and um, or pancakes or whatever and then you see that that God gives you more <laughs> he just keeps giving you more more assignments and some of those assignments might might yeah. stretch you yeah no they don't do pancakes they could turn out to barbecue and all yeah that. <coughs> and sometimes you wonder how can I handle all this Lord mm. and then I said Lord how can I handle all this and the Lord tells you well, I'll give you the, the organization skills or whatever. Yeah. You know, think about this. If you serve me on this purpose, this other part will go smoother. Yeah. So I, the self-pity part is a skill, too, that I have to diminish. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just keep on, you know, stretching out of your comfort zone. Just meet your commitments. All right. Let's go ahead and finish up. Uh, yeah. We didn't mean to be long-winded. We're getting did. more longer and longer. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Consider the what you long for for the lord to do and ask him to do it ask him to give you more of himself Amen. heavenly father we just pray for all the people listening to the words to the sound of my voice all of us lord we pray lord god that you will give us what we were born to do that skill that godly skill that more of you lord god it is encouragement lord god inspiration uh, being an example of physical fitness, a good cook, uh, a good mom to raise kids, a good dad to be there with your kids with linear thinking and protection, to be at ease, it's all right, and raise these children. Remember, folks and children are more important than stuff, than radios and cars and dirtiness. They're, they're, they're fragile, and we have to give them love and choices and explain to them. I love you all. Here you go. And Lord, we pray for the whole body of Christ that the Holy Spirit would inspire and pick them up. As they're praying for us, Lord, we agree in agreement. As one body and one people, we say prosperity. We speak blessings of God from the east, blessings of God from the west, blessings of God from the north, 
and blessings of God from the south. Come forth in Jesus' name to be the betterment of mankind. Amen. And now for Psalms 130, verse, verses 1 through 8. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept the record of, your, of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem us, he redeem Israel from every kind of sin. Proverbs 17, 2 and 3. A wise servant will rule over the master's disgraceful son and will share the inheritance of the master's children. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. <laughs> amen and amen. Thank you for coming in here. It's been a teary eye. Amen. You know, we went, thank God he, we are touched by the God and the Holy Spirit who created us. Thank you, everyone. Welcome to today's Bible study. Fernando and Anna, we're doing 365 Bible study. Today, June 13, we'll be reading from 1 Kings chapter 11 to chapter 12, 19. Please pick up yourself a Bible and track with us as we consume and enjoy the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's study. We thank you for your great glory and your great honor. Keep us safe as we travel through this earth, Lord, doing your ways and your deal, Lord, your program. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for giving us eyes and ears and brains and a heart and, and love, Lord. Thank you for your mercy this morning and the love. So anoint us as we read your word, and afterwards we'll take communion. After the Bible study, we'll go ahead and take communion. Amen. Unless Anna would like to take communion right now. Mm. We can do it after. All righty. Oh, well, let's do it now. Okay. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. Please put us on pause and get your bread and your juice if you like. <clears throat> We're going to take communion after all. Why wait? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ, that came to die for us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that he was resurrected, Lord God, and lives forevermore at the right hand of the Father. Thank you for the life forevermore that he purchased for us. He gave us the opportunity to become children of the Father. Amen. <clears throat> Lord, we are your children, Lord, and we could come to you, Lord God, take our hearts, our minds, and our souls. We Lord, resurrect them, Lord, in the same way that Jesus Christ was resurrected, Lord. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Jesus has performed what we couldn't do for ourselves, salvation. We are the wisdom of Jesus Christ. We are the sanctification of Jesus Christ. We are the redeem of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
Thank you, Lord God. We receive all the benefits that you have made for us, Lord. So we bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, we bless him. In Jesus' name, let's partake of the bread and save everyone. Thank you, Jesus. And that evening, the Lord Jesus took the cup and said, This is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for your blood that cleanses us, fixes us up, and makes us brand new, Lord, and restores us, Lord. Amen. Thank you for forgiving us of all our sins, Lord, have we ever done and are going to do. And thank, Lord, thank you for your power that's so strong that cleanses us and forgives us, Lord. So we restore us, Lord. Thank restore you, Lord. us yes, unto Lord. thy salvation. Restore us unto thy purpose, thy ways, and thy will through this blood, through our actions, Lord. We ask you, restore us with thy wisdom, Lord. And in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. There you go. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God and his ways. Amen. Reading of 1 Kings chapter 11. Amen. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Uh-oh. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He has 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship of the gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord, his God, as his father David had been. And Solomon worshiped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidon, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemos, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech the detestable God for the, of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son, and even so I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be king of one tribe. For the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Then the Lord raised up Hadad the Edomite, a member of Edom's royal family, 
to be Solomon's adversary. Years before, David had defeated Edom. Joab, his army commander, had stayed to bury some of the Israelite soldiers who had died in battle. While there, they killed every male in Edom. Joab and the army of Israel had stayed there for six months, killing them. But Hadad and a few of his father's royal officials escaped and headed for Egypt. Hadad was just a boy at that time. They set out from Medium and went to Paran, where others joined them. Then they traveled to Egypt and went to Pharaoh, who gave them a home, food, and some land. Pharaoh grew very fond of Hadad, and he gave him his wife's sister in marriage, the sister of Queen Tapines. She bore him a son and named him Genubat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tapines raised him in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's own sons. When the news reached Hadad in Egypt that David and his commander Joab were both dead, he said to Pharaoh, Let me return to my own country. Why, Pharaoh asked him, what do you lack here makes you want to go home? Nothing, he replied, but even so, please let me return home. God also raised up Rezan, son of Eliadad, as Solomon's adversary. Rezan had fled from his master, King Hadadeser of Sobah, and had become the leader of a gang of rebels. After David conquered Hadadezer, Rezan and his men fled to Damascus, where he became king. Rezan was Israel's bitter adversary for the rest of Solomon's reign, and he made trouble just as Hadad did. Rezan hated Israel intensely and continued to reign in Aram. Another rebel leader was Jeroboam, son of Nebat, one of Solomon's own officials. He came from the town of Sedevah, in Ephraim, and his mother was Seruah, a widow. This is the story behind his rebellion. Solomon was rebuilding the supporting terraces and repairing the walls of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a very capable young man, and when Solomon saw how industrious he was, he put him in charge of the labor force from the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph. One day, as Jeroboam was leaving Jerusalem, the prophet Ahiah from Shiloh met him along the way. Ahiah was wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone in a field, and Ahiah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten of these pieces, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and I will give ten of the tribes to you. But I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. For Solomon has abandoned me and worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Assyrians, Chemos, and the god of Moab, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites. He has not followed my ways and done what is pleasing in my sight. He has not obeyed my decrees and regulations as David his father did. But I will not take the entire kingdom from Solomon at this time for the sake of my servant David, the one whom I choose and, and who obeyed my commands and decrees. I will keep Solomon as leader for the rest of his life, but I will take the kingdom away from his son and give ten of the tribes to you. His son will have one tribe so that the descendants of David my servant 
will continue to reign, shining like a lamp in Jerusalem. This city I have chosen to be the place of my name. And I will place you on the throne of Israel, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. If you listen to what I tell you and follow my ways and do whatever I consider to be right, and if you obey my decrees and commands as my servant David did, then I will always be with you. I will establish an enduring dynasty for you as I did for David. I will give Israel to you because of Solomon's sins. I will punish the descendants of David, though not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to King Shishak of Egypt and stayed there until Solomon died. The rest of events of Solomon's reign, including all his deeds and his wisdom, are recorded in the books of the Acts of Solomon. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. When he died, he was buried in the city of David, named for his father. Then his son Rehoboam became the next king. Chapter 12 Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam's son of Nebat heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demand and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us, then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think this over, then came back for, come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with, with the older man who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice? He asked, How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older man and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young man replied, This is what you should do. Tell these complainers who want lighter burdens. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all of the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I am going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was, was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahiah from Shiloh. When all of Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded 
Down, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of the labor force, to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. Amen. All right, honey, I just noticed I got 25% on this phone. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. I have uh, the reason I believe that, uh, well, I, I uh, not that I believe, is what I notice is that how the Lord kept the line of Jesus open through King David because yes. that was the prophecy that, yes. that one of my descendants is going to come and sit on the throne. Yes, and, wow. <coughs> and Jesus was what that descendant, and that's where we come in from the God, the Lord's choice to keep, you know, the Judah that he would uh, keep one town. And, uh, you know, we can talk all about how his heart was changed and everything. Uh, but really, uh, even if you're doing wrong, you want to thank God you're doing wrong so you stay connected. The worst thing you can do is put your back on God and stand on his mercy and on the hand that's feeding you. He's feeding you mercy, feeding you forgiveness, and you're, you're doing wrong, and you know you're doing evil. So And you say, well, I can't control myself. Well, can you control your will? I will control my will by saying, I thank God I'm gambling. I thank God I'm looking at pornography. I thank God I, I am flying off the handle. I'm speeding. Whatever negative evil is trying to come in into me, I thank God for it. Because it's uh, 200,000 times more effective than not acknowledging God. He says, acknowledge me in all thy ways, and I will restore and show you a way to go. Yes. He sees it. He knows it. Now we're playing God to cover our sin. Okay, Denying like Solomon. Uh, the Lord instructed him. He said, hey, do this. When the Lord, you know I mean, how, what is it? He still have the mercy of God flowing into him. You ever been cut off from the, your Father in Heaven, from the Lord, and not in contact? That's going to, towards hell, you know, the darkness. What'd you get, honey? Well, I, I just think it's, you know, we have to remember, what I took away is a person, you know, a personal um, look, is that, you know, we have to be careful. You know, he was told straight up. Now, when God tells you something straight up, he means it, you know. <laughs> He says, you must not marry them because you they will turn your hearts to their gods. Well, uh, you know, God wants our attention. He wants to be the one that we put first. And um, it, it, even later in the reading, it said that God felt he abandoned him. Now, you know God. I mean, he's got bajillions of us, right? So how could he be hurt by one person abandoning him, right? So he's... he's, he's that's the 
you know, people say, well, what, what religion do you believe in? It's not about a religion. This is about a personal relationship mm -hmm. with your Heavenly Father Connected. who looks at you and, and knows every detail, knows the hairs on your head, and he cares. So he specifically gave an instruction to Solomon, and as wise as Solomon was, right, as much wisdom as he had to lead the people, he fell into the, the temptation Keep going, honey. He fell into the temptation of, of disobeying God. So we just be careful. I, I, we have to be careful not to have other idols before us. You know, sports teams. That's one of them. <laughs> or just being so into sports that you forget God exists and put Him aside. You know, um, your job. I've done that. Anyway, um, it's just a little lesson, a reminder for us that. Um, you know, God God wants us to have him first always, you know, put him first in the morning, you know, talk to him during the day by just chatting with when no one's around. It's okay. Um, ask him for his counsel. Um, that was another thing that I noticed here as it progressed, babe, um, that when uh, Rehoboam went out and he got advice, he... he there was the older men that he asked, and he asked the younger men. And the younger people said, um, you know, let's see here. Uh, he told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. And so the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Okay, so uh, one of the things that the, the prophet told him, and went back to look at this, as he was talking about, you know, taking away the kingdom, believing one open. You know, it, it, it says here, if you listen to what I tell you and follow my ways and do whatever I consider to be right... And if you obey my decrees and commands, as my servant David did, then I'll always be with you. So um, as I read that, I thought, hmm, that's interesting. If you consider to do what the Lord is, says is right. You know, I don't think that the Lord wanted the people being beat with scorpions. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, he, he's a compassionate God, you know. So I, I thought that was interesting that he... He sought the counsel of the wrong people. Because what does the scripture say? You know this one. When you see the counsel of the, in Proverbs, what does it say? Do you remember? Yeah, acknowledge the Lord with all thy heart. No, the it's counsel? just that you didn't, you're in, when you're in the presence of wise people, counselors. Oh, yes, yes. In yeah. the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Yes, something like and that. Wage your war with the multitude of counselors. Yeah, so, so that's what I... I Pick that up. So anyway, pretty much. Amen. Amen. Uh, our objective is see where we can see Jesus and, and then yeah. other things that stand out pretty good. Um, I don't know why Solomon, you know, the first when I read that, I was wondering why Solomon didn't have a, an objective for widows and Orphans. Orphans to stay busy. 
<laughs> to keep his heart, yeah. Yeah, stay busy. Yeah. And it says 700 wives of royal descent. So he, he like collecting horses, you know, he had 12,000 horses. Collecting wives was his, uh, boy. Anyway. Well, I guess that, you know, huh? going back to, he had a lot of wisdom and that brought a lot of money. So we have to, us, you know, be, you know, we could win the, you know, the lottery tomorrow. Is that going to change us? We have to be very careful that, you know, we, we stick with God and, and do what he tells us. Instructs wow, that's a good point, right? Yeah, you know, no, you know, you may get the best job tomorrow, but don't forget God. Put Him first. That's my only, um, my only uh, advice to people and to myself is keep God right by your hip <laughs> as a friend. Amen. Because Amen. He will guide you through whatever it is decision you need to make, and you will know that you know in your spirit that you're going in the right direction. Amen. Yeah. It says right here, um, it is not enough to know God's word or even to believe it. We must follow it and apply it to our daily activities Amen. and decisions. Take God's commands seriously. God knows our strength and weaknesses, and his commands are always for our good. When people ignore God's commands, negative consequences inevitably fall. So one of the, the things where I err and I keep writing down is is shut the door and pray on your knees for mm -hmm. 15 minutes, Fernando, five minutes. <laughs> and that's what I had the hardest thing doing, you know. Is that they say there's power in prayer. When you lock in and pray in power, if it was our custom to lock in for, to pray, you know, so when we're having our Bible study, we, we're continually seeking and praying. But anyway, there's always room for improvement is the biggest room in the house. All right, honey, you want to... Yeah, that's a really good point that you just raised. It's just not enough to, to hear the Word of God once. That's why we read it in real time um, and, and meditate on, on devotionals and things like that because we keep, we keep the... Mm -hmm. We keep the Word of God in our heart. And our spirit keeps receiving it and keeps growing in wisdom. Um, so, you know, sometimes we may struggle. We might be afraid of a situation. So, well, now it's time to use the Word of God for that. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. You know, we, we've got to stay connected to the Word of God, believe the truth, and, and apply it and decree it and prophesy it to yourself so that, so that you can overcome. Because you've already overcome. Now it's using the word of God, which is alive and powerful, like a two-edged sword that goes in there deep into the dividing of the joints and the bone marrow. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a practice. It's, you know, you do the word of God like you're, you know, practicing your golf stroke or your tennis shot or your basketball shot or whatever that is. Um, this has to be applied in your day-to-day and you have to learn to operate it like your manual, right? Like you, when you pass your test to take your license at the DMV, there's a manual that instructs you on how to pass that test. So kind of, um, the Bible has, um, the Word of God has all that you need for any problem. Any problem. I don't care what it is. 
Amen. You know, I feel like the Lord was telling us, thank you, babe, mm -hmm. that in verse 37 of uh, 12, 11, he says, and I will place you on the throne of Israel. In other words, I will place you in, in your town, in your family, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. See, he's promising things, those things to us as mm. we read his word mm -hmm. and so forth. Yeah. Uh -huh. You will walk around happily, thankfully. Mm. You will enjoy your food, your family. Mm. If you will follow me, you will have brilliant health, brilliant enthusiasm and joy, laughter, and, and the things that are precious, satisfaction of, of feeding your family and giving gifts to your family, satisfaction of being a good uh, father, mother, and the joys of working. Those are gifts from God. Amen. I mean, we need roughage. Western society has, we, we, anyway, we all know what's happening. So, I just see Jesus in verse 36 of 11. He says, His son will have one tribe so that descendants of David, my servant, will continue to reign, shining like a lamp in Jerusalem. Wow, babe. Good. Amen. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and move on. That's I will beautiful. switch it over to you. Ooh, I just got you. <laughs> wow, I'm afraid of you. <laughs> Thank you. See, I see Jesus. Yes, we got to look for I Jesus like in this Old that. Testament. Is sometimes it's yeah. When we got to really zero in. And all right, see. baby, give us uh, Acts. We okay. Have a big day today. All right, all right. Um, Acts chapter nine, one to twenty-five. It says, "Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with with air." every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he founded there. Uh, he wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Ooh. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The man with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. He, um, now there was a believer in Damascus named An. Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go to the straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tessaris named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, 
and he's authorized authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus in a few days for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked, And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to, to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him, but Saul was told about the plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. Amen, amen. Saul's conversion was miraculous, cause, and on top of that, he, uh, he was he was an extremely hard worker, tent maker, like we said, and uh, worked with his hands. You know, a lot of common sense. I remember the uh, Walmart stores. I read the book Walmart, and he said he said God was inspiring him to make those WalMarts all over. But he would go into the truck lounge and counsel with the truck drivers. And the truck drivers would tell him, this city has uh, such and such land placed close to the freeway. So if you notice, a lot of them are close to the freeways. Mm. We're in and out. And then, and by the way, uh, yeah. don't let the unions in here. Just give us stock for our retirement. Wow. <laughs> That's true. A lot of those truck drivers became millionaires, you know, just for their stock, and they're very wise. We had a lot of guys from the Teamsters Ross Grocery Company leave and go to drive for Walmart. And the point I'm making is, I lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll find it. Oh, that, that <clears throat> he said that the, the council of the truck drivers, the same, they're hardworking blue collar workers, like Saul was a hard worker not only a blue collar, but he paid for his education. See, he, he wasn't a normal guy that got grants and stuff. He paid to go to, to the synagogue and to be mm. educated on the Galileo and to be... So he was a brilliant scholar oh. that really worked hard. You know, you got your 20% people that work hard and get their degree. He was one of them. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with me. Yeah, um, you know, one thing that, um, you know, 
Paul's story is just very famous of how God converted him so quickly because the scripture says suddenly he was, you know, blinded and couldn't see. But um, then God, you know, put him on the path to go meet Ananias, okay, and so he could be healed. So um, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that God had a good plan for Paul's life. Okay, turn his situation around. He was persecuting his people. And, and but what's rather interesting too is that the, he was doing it for, with the approval of the leading priests, you know, whoever called on the name of, of Jesus too. You know, he was following their, their path, right? Or their, well, their belief system. Um, so he got this great conversion on the way and um, Ananias is like, hey, he's been persecuting the people. This guy, you really want, you know, in, in Ananias, he just, he obeyed the Lord. But I'm just saying, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we think we can't be used. Okay. And um, God has a purpose for every one of us um, to help bring others into the kingdom. And we think that, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, I compare myself to that other person. Or, you know, hey, I've done all these things. How can God possibly use me? Well, you see it right here in the scripture. He used Paul for greater, greater mission. So be open to just saying, okay, Lord, I may not feel worthy to, to represent you, but I'm going to do it. And just go with that. And realize that you're meant for the kingdom also. In case anybody's feeling insecure about, you know, you see these mega churches and stuff. It doesn't have to be a mega church. It's right in your own community, in your neighborhood. Your neighbor, hey, can I pray for you? You know, it's it's in your job. Hey, you know. So anyway, that, I thought that that was, you know, I just wanted to point that out. Um, okay, so I'm... Good point, good yeah. point, babe. Yeah, they're all around. As long as we get our hearts right, God will. Yeah. And, That's where the uh, Jabez prayer comes in really good because yeah. they give you the two-minute sermon in the gas yeah. station at the grocery store. You'll bump into someone and you say, wow, that prayer is working. You ever thought that? Mm -hmm. God, I pray that prayer is working. Mm, the Jabez <laughs> prayer. I mean, I bump into people and they're like, Yolanda, how's, how's, uh, how's Danny? And she stands there totally defeated in her ear, and she's trying to put gas in her car and her eyes just grow up and her heart is breaking. And I ministered to her for a couple of minutes. And they're still together today. Mm. See, that's what the Jabez, how does the Jabez prayer grow, grow baby? How it goes, it go? oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me and that you would keep me from evil, that I would not cause harm. And God performed what you requested. requested. Amen. So let's go ahead and uh, say it, and, I'll, and we, that, we will follow you. Yeah, and that's in, in 1 Chronicles 4.10. 1 Chronicles 4.10. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone, let's go ahead and re repeat it. Let's okay. repeat it together. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. That you would, that bless, you would me bless me indeed. And enlarge, enlarge my territory. That, that your hand will be upon me. That you will keep me from evil. That, that it would it not, not harm me. me. And, and God, God granted, granted what he, what he requested. requested. 
Okay, have me say it to you. You say it and I'll follow you. Oh, Lord. That, oh, Lord. That you would bless Fernando indeed. That you would bless Fernando indeed. Wait a that, minute. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're people, everybody, all of us are following you. Oh. Say, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. That you would bless me indeed. That you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. And enlarge my territory. That your hand would be upon me. That your hand would be upon me. That you would keep me from evil. That you will keep me from evil. And it would not harm me. That it would not harm me. And, and God, God performed what, what we requested. Request. Amen. Amen. The reason I had to say it over again, we need to drill it in there. Yeah. It's a we have that prayer in our refrigerator when you open the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, okay, let me just go ahead and finish it up. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming in. We're going to pray for the Psalms. Uh, we sit quietly before God, and we thank Him for all the ways He has taken care of us. <clears throat> thank you, Lord God, for the many ways you've taken care of us. I remember He gave us a seven-day free trip to Sedona. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then He gave us a, a free trip to uh, Hawaii. Uh -huh. Several. Several trips. You know, free lodging. Yes. Uh, he's been so he's given us a free vehicles. Mm -hmm. People have given us donated, given us not donated. They just here uh, computers. You know, more than we can handle. <laughs> more than we can handle. So let thank you, Lord God, for giving us all things that we need for your glory and your honor. Be glorified, Lord, in everything you give us, and especially giving us Jesus Christ our common sense, and your glory, for, for your glory. Amen. Okay, Lord, Psalm 13, verses... 131. 131. Three verses. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calm and quieted myself like a winged child who no longer cries for his mother's milk. I'm content. Yes, like a winged child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. Amen. Proverbs 17, 4 and 5 says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Those who mock the poor insult their maker. Those who rejoice in the misfortune of others will be punished. Wow. And we wonder why my life is not going right when I make fun of people and, and you know, and harbor resentment in my heart. So that's why I get the habit of, of blessing the misfortunate, blessing the rich, and the people that act unrighteously. They need more blessings, okay? God bless them. God bless them. Hannah, would you please close us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you gave us, Lord. We thank you for this fabulous day, Lord. And we just uh, believe that you're going to continue to work in our lives, Lord, second by second, minute by minute, Lord. Just hang on to us and, and, and just show us the way we should go so we can walk in it. And Lord, we're just thankful for the people that came in and tuned in. We ask you to bless them beyond what whatever they can see right now or imagine, exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or pray, Lord. Um, we